Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right, too, with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just $10. And buy one one-and-a-half-cubic-foot bag of miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 5-1 while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select 11.8-ounce pots. Valid in-store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Welcome to the Off the Glass podcast. This is your host, Z, bringing you a fresh, intelligent, thought-provoking perspective to the game of basketball. Today, I'm joined by a special guest. Honored to have her on as a guest. She's a two-time WNBA Finals champion, winning the Finals MVP in 2007. She's been named as one of the top 15 WNBA players of all time. She won a gold medal with the U.S. Olympic team in 2008 seven-time WNBA All-Star. She has several overseas league championships under her belt. She's also hailing from my city, the shy, shy town Chicago off the west side, where she had a, a historic career at Marshall High School. She's the first female to be named Miss Basketball in Illinois twice. She won a state title, I believe it was her sophomore year, if I'm wrong, um, and uh, I think it said 99. No other than Cappy Pondexter. How you doing today, Cappy? Oh, well, how are you? I'm doing well. Now, I'm glad you was able to take some time. I know you're feeling under the weather, but I'm definitely thankful that you was able to take some time. Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple things, though, um, and I'm going to get right into it, especially since today is the, the start of WNBA Finals. Would you be watching today? Is that something you, you watch, or is like my season's over with? It's kind of hard to watch. I'm a competitor, or are you going to be partaking in the finals? Uh, a little of both. You know, um, you know, I still worry about my life now that my season is over. <laughs> but, of course, I support the ladies um, um, that are still playing, you know, because to me, that just represents, like, diligence, hard work, and to see it all from, you know, from the beginning of the season to being able to play in the finals. I mean, I think that's spectacular uh, as a competitor. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be tuned in uh, for a little bit for sure. Okay, I'm definitely going to watch. I've been following along. This particular playoffs has been, like, super exciting with those last two game fives. I watched wire to wire. Um, with that being said, I wanted to ask you, too. I was sitting here talking with my, my wife and my father-in-law, huge fans of yours, and we were sitting here just thinking basketball-wise that male, female, or otherwise, that you might have been part of, in my opinion, and people don't think I'm crazy, but the probably the best backcourt in NBA, WNBA, just basketball history, period. Um, what is your thoughts on that? Because we looked at nowadays, everybody want to talk about Steph and Clay, but Clay can't put the ball on the floor like Steph. And you and uh, Diana both can put the ball on the floor. Y'all both can shoot. Y'all both can play make. Y'all both can pass. Y'all both are dynamic scores. Um, so that was just my observation. You know, how do you feel about a statement like that? I mean, I appreciate it because, honestly, <laughs> probably a few weeks ago I had a little debate about that with Tina Thompson on, on social media. You know, like, honestly, I, I thought we were we were different. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you had the players like Cynthia Cooper who could actually create a shot but and, and shoot and defend, and defend. 
Like you got two players like that on the same team with the same mentality coming from LA and coming from Chicago. Like it was just, it was too much. You know what I'm saying? Like it was something that Lee had never seen before. And I will, I will put us two against anybody. I don't care what anybody has to say. I really don't. I'm taking me to Rocky over anybody any day. And I mean, we were really like, cause I'm a, a basketball historian. I'm like, well, Isaiah played with Joe Dumars. He was good, but no, that's not quite the same. And look who Magic had. That's not quite the same. And I, I just really, like you said, you guys' toughness and attitude, you know, and me being from Chicago and really knowing my city, like your game and your toughness and attitude definitely to me, I used to love watching you, you know, still watch you play, says West Side all day. Like that grit, I'm just going, I'm coming at whoever you know, I'm just, I'm clearing it out. You know, yo, that's what your game, and that's kind of what, I don't know what part of L.A. Tarasi's from. I don't know a lot about her background, but that's kind of how she plays as well. So I feel like when you put all that together, I argue, I would argue with anybody. I think you two are the best backcourt I think we've seen in basketball, hands down. I appreciate that for sure. Um, yeah, you know, a lot of people might think I'm crazy about that as well, but who cares, you know, like, I'm I'm just a realist, and first of all, I'm gonna always I'm gonna always be a competitor, and I'm always gonna choose me before anybody. And as you should, rightfully so. Um, since I just mentioned the West Side, um, your your famous Hall of Fame coach in this era right now, especially what's going on in our city. You know, we talk about our young people lacking guidance, uh, lacking direction. Not enough. I remember when I did a podcast interview with one of my ladies from out west, uh, Miss Foster, the ball handling guru, and just talking about the love and just the lack of role models. And you were fortunate to play for not just one, I mean, Hall of Famer, but you played for two and uh, Coach Vivian Stringer at Rutgers as well. What did that have kind of impact have on that career now that you're a little bit older looking back? that maybe you didn't really even realize what you were a part of at the time, or maybe you did realize the whole time, but just having two strong black women like that, very knowledgeable of the game, um, being able to play for two coaches like that, you know, what kind of impact do you think that had on your career? I think it just it really t- turned me into a pro at an early age. Like, I, I was playing pro basketball in high school, you know what I mean? Like, at, as a pro, I was preparing as – as if, as if I was a pro already in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. And I started that to co- Coach Gators, Dorothy L. Gators. Like, honestly, I mean, it, it even started back with Miss Foster. You know, I started playing small fry. That's how I got in the Chicago basketball team because I was playing with Miss Foster. Even with her, her discipline. Um, you played small fry? Yeah, I did. I played small fry for Miss Foster. I was I the only that. girl on the boys' basketball team, and I was playing a center. <laughs> so, so she definitely prepared me, you know what I mean? Like, when you talk about Miss Foster, she's one of those teachers that understand that to be an elite, you have to have a certain mentality, and she she put she put that mentality on me from the beginning. Like, she didn't give me anything easy. Then I went to John Marshall High School, another legendary coach. Nothing easy. Uh, made sure that I was in the gym 6 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, second practice at three in the afternoon. Then I'm going to the YMCA to go play. Like so, I was prepared to be a pro at an early age. I had no idea, but the coaches that I decided to play for had an idea. They wouldn't allow me to waste my talent, and 
you know, I went to I went to Rutgers, another elite coach. So like having all these influential people in my life, uh, at an early age, even before I went pro, um, I I honestly had no idea what what was in store. But you know, I trusted them enough off of my gut feeling to to know that you know they were going to help me excel and go to the next level uh, in my career. Yeah, I mean, we was just sitting here again, like I said, as a family. We was just because I was getting all my stuff in order. And we was looking at Coach Gator's record, and it's just unbelievable. 42 unbelievable years, 26 states appear, state uh, state title appearances, nine titles, 20-some city titles. And I'm the thing about Coach Gators that I remember, and even my wife, she, she knows more of the players because she kind of um, from that era as well. And she was just like – the teams were like uber – like had she it's not like she didn't have talent, but it was like – Sometimes Gators could take players that nobody else really heard about. You know, sometimes in Chicago, everybody get caught up in names and the, the recruiting and everything. But what made her great, and even like a Bob Hamrick at Simeon, they just wanted players that just wanted to be coached and just wanted to work hard and make better uh, men or women of themselves. And, you know, for you to have played for two, like I said, that's just simply incredible. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh yeah, I mean they legends in the game. Like, I mean, you know what? I can't wait till a documentary comes out because it's like one of those stories that nobody pays attention to it until you actually see footage and proof of all the history that's been made. Like, she produced the most All Americans, the most WBA players in the city of Chicago. She's the one of the most winningest coach, male or female, in Illinois. Like, to raise for forty-two years on the west side of Chicago at one of the toughest schools, I mean, that's pretty impressive to me. And, I mean, she retired and then came back and just got, like, right back to it, like, right back to winning. I mean, that's that's just in, that's just incredible. And, again, um, I mean, you made a comment. You said you, you, you had a gut feeling, but, I mean, wasn't one of your first, like, early tattoos of a WNBA logo, so you had to have some kind of inkling, you know, that you was destined to, you know, go to that next level and destined for greatness. Well, I wasn't even sure if, if the league was going to be around. I got it in 97. <laughs> that was that, Literally, it was a motivational piece for me more than, more than okay. anything of me, like, knowing. Okay. Like, I, honestly, I live, I live day by day, like, second by second, moment by moment. I don't – I can't – it's hard for me to plan my future or, or – I mean, I manifest things, but it's a day-by-day day manifesting thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. when I got the tattoo – it was more of like, oh, my mom let me get my first tattoo. Oh, the WNBA is around. Let me get a tattoo because it's cool. And use it as motivation to get there. You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily saying like, oh, I'm this 17-year-old kid playing on the USA national team uh, with, with a Nike, you know, Nike, uh, being a Nike uh, elite athlete at this age, like, I'm not thinking about any of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just in the moment. Right. You know, it's funny you said something about, you know, manifesting and living things day by day. But as I've gotten older, I've gotten more spiritual. And that's one of the things I've noticed about you, you know, following you on uh, social media. I don't know if you've always been like this because I kind of just got back on social media when I decided to start this podcast. But I would argue that you did kind of, you know, manifest your future by putting that on you and using it as motivation and speaking it you know, into existence, you know, um, 
is that something I wanted to ask you that you've kind of always been? Or is that something that you've gotten a little bit older that you've gotten, you know, more spiritual and just trying to appreciate each second, each minute, each hour, you know, day by day? Uh, no, I've always been the same. It's just I've always been private. And now I'm trying to trying to get out of the private thing for the most part, you know, like, because although I am, I've been called to play basketball, but I've also been called to change lives too. So by me being open and honest about certain things that I may go through that to certain people may not seem like real, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've been encouraged to help to continue to save lives by being more open and public about my feelings and my spirituality and the spirituality and the things that I believe in. So I've been encouraged. I've been really encouraged this year to to share things like that to help people. Yeah, that's that's really that's dope. That's super dope. Um, I remember too. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was this your first season not playing overseas as well? Uh, no, it's been three, actually. My third. Really, it's been three. Okay. When did you yeah. decide to kind of say, you know, I'm going to kind of just focus on the WNBA, kind of, you know, because I'm always amazed at how you, you all are able to do that. Um, But to just focus on WNBA, you know, get my body right, get my mind right, you know, when was that decision for you? You felt like you was like, okay, I'm just going to kind of focus on this one league and leave uh, the overseas thing alone. Uh, well, it wasn't about focusing on the WBA, honestly. Okay. It was more so of, uh, honestly, it was just me trying to brand myself off the court and figure out more opportunities for myself. Okay. Uh, you know, as you know, like, as we continue to talk about, it's not, a, it's not easy, uh, living off one, one paycheck, you know, in the WBA. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's rough. You know what I mean. And so, like, I'm kind of rebranding myself and trying to figure out, like, after that, when basketball is over with, you know, my next steps. So it was important for me to kind of get my feet on the ground. And I made my transition from moving from Chicago back to LA, where I was originally born. Mm-hmm. Well, not born in LA, but born in California. So, uh, yeah, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to die. This is where I want to move my family. So. It was it was important for me to kind of lay my feet here, uh, and you know obviously work out and prepare for the WBA season, but at the same time try to make my life uh, off the court. Okay, that makes I mean that makes total sense. I actually one of my more recent blog posts I wrote about uh, the WNBA and the salary structure compared to the NBA and you know, the things that you guys go through and just you know basically being underpaid for so many years and um, so I could definitely understand that you know with that being said you know i've noticed too as well for a while now that you are really really big into fashion so are we are we going to put together our own fashion line is that something you're doing do you have one currently or you know you just kind of use it as another form of art and an expression as well as a possibility to you know as a financial outlet as well yeah i mean you hit it right on the head uh, i think you know like basketball is you have to be creative to play basketball. So, obviously, you know, you, you're a creative person, and uh, fashion has been one of my outlets that I've been able to to kind of use with basketball hasn't been the best for me. You know, it's kind of been my outlet and has allowed me to express my feelings or how I feel when I wake up and 
the shoe with the shoes that I wear, the the pieces that I put together. So, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of worked on a few campaigns with Nike. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's something that uh, I really want to do uh, when I'm done playing basketball. Is really focus on uh, really being iconic in the fashion industry. And if an opportunity comes for me to uh, design a, a clothing line, I would absolutely do it. Uh, I think it's it's uh, one of those things where it's like, yeah, I could do a I could do a quick T-shirt line real quick. It's kind of branded that way, but is that really what I'll be passionate about doing? You know, so for me, mm-hmm. I'm waiting to collaborate with an actual powerhouse, a fashion powerhouse. You know, I, I've talked about Donna Karen's BKNY collaborate with them, and if I could manifest that and create that, I think that'll be an absolute dream come true. If I could walk the runway in Paris or New York Fashion Week, I think that'd be absolutely dope. And uh, that that would, I would love to do that. What would you label your style when it comes to fashion? Or maybe you don't have a style. You know, it's kind of like how I feel maybe this day or, or the next day. What would you kind of label, you know, your style? If you were to label one or if you don't, that's fine too. I mean, I definitely have effortless style. Like, I mean, I can put on the outfit and it's like, oh, dang, how you put that together? <laughs> but, you know, just in my mind, it's just, it's just what I see and how I feel. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I love I love this stuff, man. You know what I mean? Like, it as much as I love basketball, I love clothes and shoes and hats and bags and jewelry. Like, that's my life as well. So, you know. Was it something you were always into or did kind of that when you kind of got to New York, when you played for the Liberty and you was, you know, spending more time in New York, did that help influence it or was it kind of something you always wanted to do and you just was waiting for the right time? Uh, Well, I've always been into fashion. Like, I mean, if you talk to any of my friends that grew up with me or even my mom or my brother, they'll tell you, like, I was fresh every single day I was in school. <laughs> like, iceberg, you know what I mean? Like, cow coats, like, all that, tellies, like, everything, anything that you could think about in the 90s that was going crazy, I had Jordan it. game, uh, Air Force One game. Jordan game, Air Force One game, it didn't matter. Like, you know, Old Navy was the, the stuff back then, so yeah. I had everything Old Navy. Like not a Tommy Hill figure. I was just I was I was always crazy about it. But I'm, I can admit that being in New York and playing in Europe, it exposed me to a, a lot more mm-hmm. uh, culturally mm-hmm. in the fashion industry. Uh, I was exposed to a lot of different designers. I met a lot of fashion influencers and people. Uh, so being in New York helped me a lot. Helped me a great deal. It helped plant my feet in the fashion industry. Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to give uh, one last question and I'll get you out of here because I know you're not feeling well once you get some rest. Um, Oh, no problem. No problem. Uh, Recently, you know, the big controversy, obviously, is the Nike and the Kaepernick ad. And um, it's kind of funny because I've, you know, been trying to set up this interview, you know, for like the last month, you know, talking to your people or whatever. But I actually had this question before the ad even came. But in this era of um, the social issues that's going on, um, how we purposely see on media and social media, how people are just purposely trying to divide the country and, in my opinion, humble opinion, start a, a race war. But 
you know, all the different things that's going on, but what's been coming out of it that's been beautiful is different athletes, of course, Kaepernick, but, you know, LeBron with the school, um, other athletes doing things behind the scenes. What role do you think the black athlete, you know, plays today in society as far as, you know, the black community, the youth, and what do you think their responsibility should be? Or is it kind of have to be a collective thing? Um, you know, how do you kind of feel as a prominent, you know, athlete, you know, somebody that has a voice? How, what should, you know, you guys' role be in, in the black community right now? Because, again, I'm here in Chicago, and, you know, my day job, we'll just say I work in security. You know, I see a lot of the worst of the worst that's going on, and, you know, my heart just goes out, and it's like, man, we just need to try to do something. But with that being said, you know, with athletics, how do you feel about the, uh, the role or the responsibility of the black athlete today? Uh, honestly, you know, like, you know, Nike is family. So, you know, anything that they do, I support and vice versa. Uh, you know, I think Kaepernick, man, he has sacrificed. Whew. Man. I mean, I can imagine uh, for majority of your life, you're prepared to be a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what you're prepared to do. This is what you love to do. All, all of a sudden, you're in the moment. You take one bad turn, quote unquote, and all of a sudden, your whole world is taken from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that in itself is something that I can't even fathom. You know what I mean? As as a pro athlete, I couldn't imagine not being able to play basketball. But then, at the other other side of it, he was able to, I think prepare for his afterlife and I think he will have the biggest impact on people uh, more than he probably even ever imagined so you know the groundwork that he put in you know prior to everything that happened in his, his pro career I think he's just you know he's just gonna he's gonna save so many lives with that and for me it's not a it's not a black and white thing because okay. I'm past that. My last name is Pondexter. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. So I'm I'm past the whole black and white thing. It's for me. It's it's more about being a human being. It's about respect. It's about love. It's about saving lives, changing lives, impacting people. Because it's so much going on in the world to just focus on a black and white issue. Is it, it, is to me, it's just micro fraction. You know, like we're losing people from from drug addiction, from suicide. Like it's so many different things that are going on. And so, like for me, as a black female athlete, I just want to spread more love to everybody. It, it's not about anything else but spreading love. And, and 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 that's all I can really do at this point moving forward in my life. I could definitely, you know, respect that. I guess more of what I was just saying, you know, again, like I said, being here in Chicago and you know, still living here on the South Side and just seeing, you know, with the violence and the things that's going on, um, not necessarily making it a black and white thing, but just, you know, somebody like yourself or even a Kaepernick, you know, what it really means, you know, to our youth today. Because, you know, it's just, it's a lot of stuff, like you said, it's just very different climate, even just growing up in Chicago. Like, I, you know, I try to tell people all the time, they be like, well, you know, they want to use this as a, a media sticking point. I'm like, we've always had violence. We've always had drugs. But, 
as an adult, I will say that something about this nowadays is a little bit different um, than when we were growing up, you know, and I'll just just leave it at that. So um, before I close out, though, I will be, you know, I'll remiss if I didn't at least say this. My wife wanted to tell you, let me tell you, let you know that uh, she remembers there was a guy that used to be with you all the time. I think she said his name was like Steve. And um, it went during your high school years and Steve was actually able to give you uh, give my wife your number. And my wife was coming out of eighth grade and was thinking about going to Marshall. And she said how you talked to her on the phone for like. 30 minutes and told her about the practices and everything and how she'll never forget that and how it was, you know, you didn't have to do that, but it was just really cool and really dope that you did that. And she just, you know, wanted me to let you know that, that that was cool. And the fact that, like I said, her and my dad are like father-in-law, like super fans of yours. Like they say it wasn't a game of yours in high school uh, that they miss. I mean, they always talk about this one game when I don't know what state they was from, but you played one of the top teams in the nation. They had, like, a big girl that was, like, 6'2", and was, like, super dominant, and how you, like, took it to her, and they was in the, in the stands just going crazy. And my father-in-law, he's hilarious. He was just chanting, you know, cappy time is cappy time. But um, they definitely were fans of yours growing up, and my wife said she definitely wanted to let you know that she did appreciate that. You know, you didn't have to do that. Oh, man, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, Captain. I ain't going to keep you anymore. I would love to keep talking to you about basketball. But, again, thanks for your time. I hope you feel better. Get some get some ginger and turmeric tea in you or something, some elderberry tea or something. <laughs> get, get that immune system up. But um, thanks for your time. Um, I'm jealous. It's cloudy here in Chicago. I know it looks beautiful out there in L.A. today. Um, but <laughs> oh no, I'm sick, man. I haven't even been outside. So. Hey, but hey, you could open up the blinds, and I'm pretty sure it's sunny out there, man. I I, I know we're supposed to be getting rain the next few days. It's so gloomy outside right now; it's ridiculous. But uh, again, I hope uh, you feel better. Thanks for your time, um, and have a good day. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye bye. And there you have it, folks. That was the legendary point guard out of Chicago, west side of Chicago, John Marshall High School, Rutgers University, Phoenix Mercury, New York Liberty, Chicago Sky, Indiana Fever, Cappy Punt Dexter. Thank you for thank you for, for your time, Cappy. Really enjoyed that. Make sure to go to Spreaker.com, type in the Off the Glass Podcast. Become a follow of the podcast. We're doing big things over here. Those who have been following, those who have been listening, salute. I thank you. Um, we're almost here. It's almost time for the NBA season. So be on the lookout for my upcoming NBA season preview. We're going to get into the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference. Also talk about the rookie class coming in this year. Uh, man, I can't believe this has been a great first year. Did 35 episodes, man. So all the support, man. I really thank you guys. Uh, make sure to go to the website, www.theofftheglasspodcast.com. Check out the blogs. I'm writing pretty much daily, um, or at least once a week. Uh, when it pops up, it's going to say off the, off the Glass Podcast Network. So make sure to check that out. Comment, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. So this is your boy Z. Another episode of the Glass Podcast with Brooks. Stay safe out there. Peace. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. 
We do it right too with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just ten dollars, and buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through five one while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select eleven point eight ounce pots. Valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on what you need to get your lawn and garden in shape. We do it right too with deals to help you save every day, like four bags of premium mulch now for just ten dollars, and buy one one and a half cubic foot bag of Miracle Grow vegetable and herb garden soil. Get a Bonnie Basics plant for free. Whatever's on your spring to do list, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through five one while supplies last. Bonnie offer valid on select eleven point eight ounce pots. Valid in store only. See store for details. U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii.